welcome to the Extraordinary Moms Podcast. I'm Jessica Dalkus, your host, and every week I interview a different mom who shares their motherhood journey and the lessons that they've learned along the way. If I've learned anything from interviewing such a wide range of moms, it's that no two moms parent in the same way. We should celebrate that and learn from one another. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast today, and if you like what you hear, please share the show with a friend. Hey, hey, everybody. This is episode 35 of the Extraordinary Moms podcast. It's Jessica, and I am over the moon excited to share with you this incredible interview I had with my guest, Ashley DeLello. Ashley is truly an extraordinary human being in general, but she is a mom to a sweet little girl. She's the wife to her sweet husband, Ryan. She and Ryan appeared many years ago on So You Think You Can Dance as the only married couple to have ever danced on that competition dance show together. And she has had a whole myriad of health problems starting in her teens and up until very, very recently when she had what she hopes will be a very life-changing hip surgery. When I first heard about Ashley's story, I couldn't even believe this warrior woman. She has overcome so, so much already and her perspective and wisdom on life and on doing hard things and what she wants to teach her daughter. I knew I wanted to chat with her and this conversation is going to leave you feeling so grateful for your body, no matter what state it's in right now, whether you love it, whether you hate it quite frankly, whether it's causing you pain or whether you move with ease. This conversation with Ashley is going to change it all for you. So let's get to my amazing conversation with Ashley DiLello. All right. I'm so excited to be chatting with Ashley DiLello today. Hi, Ashley. Hi. I'm so excited to be on here. Thank oh, you for having me. It's my pleasure. This is your first podcast, huh? I know. Yes. We were we were just saying that. I've, I've been on different types of um, media before, but yes, this is my first time. I'm a newbie. Yes. You're very experienced with television and all these fancy things, but podcasting is the new way, Ashley. So this is, this is great. I know. <laughs> Thank you for welcoming me, and uh, this is my first experience. I'm excited. Oh, I'm so glad. Ashley, it's such a pleasure to be chatting with you. I learned about your story maybe three months ago now, and a lot has happened in your life in the last three months, and when I heard about your story and saw your beautiful smile, I just have been pulling for you every day, and we're going to talk about what I mean by that, but for people that may not know you, I would love for people to just get a little background on who's Ashley. How did, you know, tell me about your background. Okay. All right. Very long story short. <laughs> so um, I, I'm a wellness health coach, life coach, fitness instructor, but most people know me um, from first my exposure to them was through TV, through dancing. So backstory, I started dancing. Well, my mom says before I could even walk, um, but, and danced my whole life. Um, that was my passion and so grateful for that, that gift. And we'll talk about, you know, why, especially I'm grateful for having such a strong passion. Um, and then I met my husband who also is a professional ballroom dancer and we actually studied different things in college. Didn't plan on this becoming our career, but the right doors opened and it took us on So You Think You Can Dance, which was amazing because we were the first married couple to ever be on the show, which was 
incredible experience to share with your spouse and double the stress and double the excitement. Um, but we were thankfully both able to go to the finale, um, which was just so incredible to share that journey. And that took us to headlining a Broadway show and on the West end in London and traveling and performing in let's see, over 45 countries all over the world. Um, and then we lived in LA and moved back here to Utah when I was pregnant with my daughter um, who's now five, and through that we've just launched several businesses, and through all of those accomplishments, um, they all came at the expense of a lot of physical hardship, um, which just drives my passion of you know never accepting the limits that life sometimes will place on us, and never getting up and, and fighting for our passions in this life, and that what we are capable of accomplishing is just, I think, beyond what most of us even truly understand, what the human spirit is able to withstand and overcome it is just so remarkable. And I definitely have wished sometimes I haven't been pushed so much to my depth, um, but I am at the same time grateful for what it has taught me and molded me and the perspective it's given me in life. And so... That's where we are today. Yeah. Wow. Okay. There's just so much there. And so before we get into this current chapter of your life, I do want to dig a little deeper in, into your past because I'm raising three little boys right now. And I think as as moms, we want to have the very best for our kids. We want them to achieve great things. We want them to go for their goals. And at the same time, there's definitely risks when it comes to putting a lot of pressure on kids to quote-unquote perform in, in your situation, um, but whether it's sports or music or academics or whatever it is, tell me about how you kind of juggled or grappled with or even maybe struggled with the pressure of dancing at a really high competitive level as you got better and better. How did you manage those expectations? What was your parents' role in all of that? And yeah, yeah, I'm curious about that. Yes, yes, it, it is. And like you said, no matter what your children choose to do, it's just so competitive, uh, you know, even more so now. Everyone's starting younger, the hours more intense. I started about five hours a day when I was seven, which is really hard for me to wrap my head around with my five-year-old daughter. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, and I would say my greatest blessing was that I had parents that were incredibly supportive but were not my coaches, um, meaning they showed up at all my performances and competitions. Obviously they took me to all of my rehearsals. They encouraged me, but they never made me feel like I had to accomplish for them. Um, I definitely understand there are different levels of passions and I just was driven and loved dance very early. And I know that's not always the case with kids. You do sometimes have to encourage them to try things. Um, but what my parents, what was so amazing is they supported my passion and my drive. And in fact, I, at the time they would ask me like, do you want to take a break? And I, I would be like, are you kidding? Cause I danced all <laughs> summers too. And I did not understand why I should take time off from the thing I love so much. But now, you know, as a parent and older, I can see how they were just concerned with burnout. Um, but also now as a coach of ballroom competitors and working with parents, I can also see the damage of when the parents become overly involved in the role as coach mm. and, they, most our kids already have teachers, you know, coaches, 
the parents need to obviously support, but it can steal the child's passion if it feels too much driven by the parent um, instead of encouraged. Yeah, so I, really yeah, I get that. My parents made that separation. Yeah, that's that's a really interesting distinction. And it makes me even just think like monitoring my kids' homework and stuff when I feel like I'm pushing them and everything. And But then what if your kid is not intrinsically motivated to do the things you want them to do? Then what? <laughs> yeah, and that, you know, I wish I was an expert on that um, because like I said, I, I, I recognize that I had just – kind of abnormal drive in something and a love and and not everybody finds that type of passion and my personality is is very much that way um which is again why I've survived a lot but even with um my daughter I would say even so far I mean as soon as obviously Ryan my husband and I were married being both professional dancers it was oh your children are going to be professional dancers right. right and I was very adamant from the beginning that she could be a soccer star. I mean, I didn't care. I wanted her to find um, her love and passion. And for her so far, even dance and singing, it's not as even intense as what I was when I was younger. And so I'm just letting her kind of drive the thing while at the same time encouraging her to try different things, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and then also teach her to understand, you know, when you make a commitment, whether it's her team or this season, or something, you know, we have to follow through. And then after that, if we're, you know, we don't love it, we'll search for something else because each of us does have a passion and talent. Um, but I think what's happening, what I'm seeing at the same time is there's, if we're not perfect right away, then there's a desire to like quit. And I see that a lot culturally. And with this next generation that I've worked a lot with, it's just immediate gratification and nobody sees, you know, I even have parents who are like, I want my kids to be on TV like you. And nobody sees the 30 hours a week that was put in for decades, right. Leading up to that moment. Um, that's not glamorous at all, right. It's the falling down and getting back up. It's doing the same move over and over and over again until I learn how to execute it, you know, perfectly or what there's no perfection, but at least how I want to. Um, So I think there's that balance with pushing your kids to find their passion, whatever that may be, Um, even if it's art, you know, whatever, because I do believe we each have an inherent passion skill. So I think it's the parent pushing that to find, so the children can find theirs and then teaching them the value of commitment and discipline because that just rolls over into every aspect of your life and that it's not always enjoyable and glamorous and fun, but learning how to stick to something and work hard really develops you as a person that can transfer to every aspect of your life. Yeah, I think that is so insightful. And perhaps if somebody listening is kind of butting heads with one of their children regarding an activity or something, I think really taking a hard look at is this my passion I'm putting on them or is it my dream that I'm trying to live out through them or is it something that's genuinely meaningful where it's worth working through this intermediate phase of, yeah, it's hard. Yeah. You just got to keep showing up because it could be either one, but if you don't take the time to really analyze that, you may be pushing towards a passion that's actually yours and not theirs and you'll butt heads your whole life. Whereas if you just opened up the avenues of like, what do you really want to do? Or 
like you said, exposing them to lots of different things when they're young so they can, you know, tap into those things. I often wonder how certain kids get involved in, you know, kind of more random activities because it's like, how did you even know they were really good at hockey? Or how did you even know that they were, you know, great at whatever it is? Because it just seems so random and by chance. But when it's their thing and it just lights them up, you're like, well, they were made to do that, right? (laughs) Just like you were made to dance. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that's just, it. that's with everything in life. And, and we'll kind of get into that is I think we just live such busy lives. It's just taking time to actually step back and have reflection. You know, we're just like going, going, going. And sometimes we feel like we don't have time to, you know, do that type of internal evaluation. But that's, that's the most important thing we can do because then everything else flows more easily. And we, we understand what's, you know, happening with our life, with our children's lives, with them. And then we, we cannot just jump the gun thinking they're lazy or we, you know, or we're in that constant kind of battle. Cause I know my daughter, even sometimes I don't want to go to dance, but I know when she loves it, like, because she's five, you yeah. know, and she's not, sometimes they don't want to go to school, but then they love when they get there. Like, so there's obviously that like, Oh, does she just hate dance? No. Cause I watch her in the class and mm-hmm. I watch her at home and she wants to sing and dance all the time, but she's also five. So she's not going to always want to go, but I just encourage her. And I think it's important how we frame it. Like, no, you have to go or like, remember how much you love it when you get there, you know, and remember this dance that you guys do. And, and then she gets excited and then it feels like, again, it's her choice. Mm-hmm. So I think how we frame it, again, is, is then how it kind of frames it in our children's minds as well. And if we give them more power, at least where they're feeling like it's their decision, then I think that goes a really long way, um, for them enjoying it more and staying more committed and not feeling like mom and dad are dictating it all. Yep. That's literally our superpower. When we make them think it was their idea all along. Like if you can figure that out, you are super mom. Like that is the definition of super mom right there. Oh, I love that. So you were on So You Think You Can Dance with Your Husband. That's pretty cool. Was it pretty cool? It was amazing. I I have to say, I mean, it was so much more stressful than they show on TV and Uh the the pressure so high, but I was grateful we were older. Um, We had already graduated college. So we were able to just, again, kind of step back at the bigger picture and not get so wrapped up in all the little details and, you know, I don't know, 10 million people watching and (laughs) the blogs or, you know, the judges and just kind of take in the whole experience for how amazing it was and, and recognize that even though we had worked so hard our whole life that there were 20 spots out of the 15,000 that auditioned that season. So we were also so blessed to be there and to share that with each other. Yeah. Like I said, we've been the only married couple ever. Um, that was just amazing that it was priceless. We are forever grateful for that. Absolutely. Is there one big takeaway from that life experience that kind of shifted the way that you viewed dance or life or your relationship or anything like that? Oh, let's see. One takeaway. Um, I would say, can I give you two? Sure. Um, of course you can. <laughs> I would say uh, the, the thing that was so remarkable for me is that, um, and we'll get into that, I was I was told I'd never dance again um, for six straight years as I was fighting for my life. And Um, you know, I even had moments where doctors would send in psychiatrists to me because they said I wasn't accepting my circumstances. Um, and so 
not only being on that show, even as, as anybody was so amazing, but it really was defeating all the odds. And I think that's so important to just, it might, the road might be long and hard, but to not put limits on ourselves to just truly not give up. Because if I had just accepted what I was told by so many experts, I never would have had that unbelievable experience. Mm. And then having said that, the next greatest one was to just not let other people interfere with how you are living in your life. Um, watching the other contestants who just got absorbed in blogs and comments on the videos on you know that were posted on YouTube and the judges, their whole experience was wrapped up in other people's opinions. And, you know, if they look back, I've, I've talked to some contestants and they're like, I wish I could have done it again, you know? Mm. And I think so much of our life as kids, but also as mothers, you know, it's just comparing it's, it's hearing other people's voices and we're losing these priceless moments in our life of not just being fully present with where we are, what we are experiencing, you know, our truth, because no one can really know the full extent of everything, because they're not in our body, they're not in our past, our present, you know, and so I'm really grateful that my husband and I both were just able to experience it, and it's not that there weren't stressful times or hard moments or things somebody said, or, but it didn't overwhelm that we knew we were there for a reason and a purpose. And that when I stepped on stage, it was, I have this moment once in my life and I am just going to be here fully and present. And if I can do that, nothing else matters. And I think that's so important in our life. Cause I think we're just, we're losing our lives caring about other people's opinions and thoughts and we're not living in them. Mm. So I would say that's something you can't get back. Oh, that gave me goosebumps, Ashley. That is so spot on. And many people probably look at an opportunity like that and say, like, it's about the show. It's about what that can do for your career. And But really, it just is so much more than that. That show and that opportunity and the lessons you learned, it really was preparatory for what you were going to need to face in your life and the strength you were going to need to muster up to really endure hard stuff. And wow, that is really, wow, that's that's pretty amazing. That's pretty amazing. So let's get the timeline right in my mind. So how old were you when you were on the show and you're dancing and everything like that? Yeah, so we were, I was 26 actually, okay. and my husband was 28. Okay, yeah. so wow. So we were mom and dad. There actually were about three other contest, three other contestants that were, in their in their 20s like us uh -huh. like my partner was 18 and uh <laughs> you know a lot of them are, are younger so but it was me right yeah. and I were mom and dad of the the, of cast. the crew so that that's amazing. actually almost 10 years ago wow yeah. that is so incredible and at that time your body was feeling good and capable and everything like that yes and so I I obviously I I fought for my life um for over four and a half years as a teenager. Okay, so tell um, me about that. that. Tell, tell me about that, yeah. Ashley. Okay, so I was, um, I got really sick at 13 overnight. Um, I went, I was a normal active dancing five hours a day, and I woke up and had pain in every joint and muscle in my body. And that became the beginning of a very long journey. I was, I for two and a half years, no one could diagnose me. We went all over the country, all top specialist hospitals. I was tested in everything possible. Um, I had 
an undiagnosable virus, um, which they just could not figure out. Um, and again, that was 23 years ago. So medicine has come a long way. Testing has, but I was essentially set home to die. Um, they told me there was nothing they could do. My body was shutting down. I was visibly dying, but we couldn't, my blood work, everything was perfect other than they could see this virus, but you know, they, they, they don't know how to treat it and wasn't, weren't sure what it was. And so anyway, it took two and a half years to even figure out what was happening. Um, and by that point I could barely lift a finger, um, and had lost a lot of my hair. I weighed about 90 pounds. I looked like a prisoner from a concentration camp from World wow. War II. And, um, so that's why they were telling me I wasn't going to live. Of course, I would never dance again. I had one doctor say if I was lucky to survive that maybe on a good day I could go see a movie, but that was going to be like the highlight of my life. I never have children, just my life is over. And when I, that's when I would tell them like, no, I'm, I'm going to fight this. I'm going to live and I will dance again. That's when they would send in psychiatrists to my room. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I, I was actually, um, I'm blessed I was born incredibly stubborn, but also with a mother that was incredibly stubborn and a fighter. And um, we searched and searched for answers. Finally, after two and a half years, figured it out with this rare vi virus and parasitic infection. It took another two years to even get me to where I wasn't like fighting for my life. Some of those pains and symptoms lasted for 15 years into my life, even through so you but by that time, um, you know, I was a very healthy person just dealing with, uh, you know, residing pains and things. So very, very young, I learned, um, how hard life can be. Um, so yes, I was out of dance for six years. Um, but through all of that, I first, the greatest gift was probably just realizing how incredibly precious life is and, to just have a passion for life and a love and appreciation and a gratitude and reverence to just be alive. Like even if it's hard to be alive and growing and have a chance for another day. Um, and then to just really, like I said, realize that the, you know, human capacity to overcome even insurmountable odds, like truly has no limits when the soul and the mind and the spirit and are all united. Um, we truly can overcome amazing things. And even when I said to the doctors then, like, even if I do die, I'm going to go out fighting, you know, I'm not huh. going to just roll over and accept this. Um, and huh. I'm sure glad I did. <laughs> I'm sure glad you didn't accept that either. And I mean, to butt up against doctors, professional opinions, like sometimes we put so much trust in people that we think know more than us or they're the experts or whatever, but I believe as mothers, as women, as humans, like our human intuition within ourselves, only we know what we're capable of. And yes. sure, statistics might have been against you, but you always knew. You always knew what was within you to fight and get through and bless your mother for continuing to pursue answers and not just relinquish hope, right? Because, yeah. wow, and to think that you were out for six years and – came back and reached the levels you did in dance. I mean, it just, none of it makes sense. And it just shows like, it's not all on you and what you're capable of. It's so much bigger than that. Right. 
Absolutely. And I, you know, I, I wouldn't be here without a belief in God um, and faith and whether that's universe or whatever to people, but a, a higher belief in, in a purpose for your life, you mm-hmm. know, and I think we're losing that. Um, and the power of the mind, um, and that's what someone asked me about dance. I, at first, you're right. I People have asked me that, like, would you have come to peace with dying? And I said, well, if I had felt that was going to be my life, I think I would have felt differently, but Mm. I did not feel that was going to be my life, even though it seemed that, that there was no other pathway. I mean, I I couldn't even lift a finger. So I think, yes, you've got to listen to that inner voice inside that is telling you there's something more. And then you have to feed that mentally. You have to feed faith over fear, you know, hope over despair. Um, the mind is so powerful, not only for our thoughts and beliefs, but also like I always tell people, I never stopped dancing in my, in my mind and in my heart. Mm -hmm. And I know that made a huge difference, even though I was physically absent for six years, which from 14 to 20, those are the prime years of developing your talent. Um, but because literally through all my long tests and scans, I would dance and I would practice in my head. And I, I know that that helped my body come back to it when it was ready. Hey everyone, I know you are loving my conversation with Ashley, but I did want to thank our show sponsor today, and that is Precious. If you're like me, you have thousands of pictures on your phone, and if you're also like me, you've not done very much with those pictures, right? I mean, I do good to get them onto my computer, but Precious is an incredible photo organization app that really helps you to organize your photos and ensure that you're doing something with these baby photos that are so, so darling and are just stuck in this black hole of the iPhone, right? So this is how Precious works. Precious is an app that scans your photo library for the absolute best pictures of your baby. And then those baby pictures become monthly milestone collages and slideshows. They show your baby's growth over time and it is so simple and easy to use. I've been using Precious to go back actually and organize my baby photos because yeah, that didn't happen at the time. And I'm so glad to have this now though. They offer thousands of cute art options that makes the memories convenient and beautiful to create. I'm not a super creative person, so the fact that there's all these different type of artistic additions and filters and editing things, it just makes it so, so easy. I especially love the milestone collages where it shows month by month my baby photos. Guys, Jackson was so precious and now he's four. I can't even believe it. So I want you to check check out Precious for yourself. Create heart-melting monthly milestone photos today with Precious. Go to preciousapp.com slash EMP and start your free three-day trial to Baby Art Unlimited. That's preciousapp.com slash EMP for your free three-day trial of Baby Art Unlimited do something with your photos now, right? You're welcome. (laughs) Thanks, Precious, for sponsoring the show. What I love so much about what you're saying is just that idea that we have more power and control than we think, right? The, The power of the mind and just envisioning yourself doing the moves and doing the performances and even when your body can't physically do it, like you're proof that that has tangible power. Whoa. Absolutely. Yeah. And they're, they're finding, it's funny now, cause even my research the last three years, they're, yeah. tr- they're proving this now at a neuroscience level. Yep. Um, the, 
that the body doesn't know the difference um, between something actually experienced and what you experience in your brain. And that just tells you the power. And I knew because I did not remember what it felt like to feel good. And that was a really scary moment. And so I had to try to create that vividly enough in my brain and thought process so my body could remember um and it's no. not easy. It's no. not easy. And sometimes you have to really fight for it. And sometimes there's tears through it. And, but it's, again, it's like, if you want it and it's worth it to you, there, then that is an incredible, um, power that we have that I think we each underestimate, you know, that even if it's two minutes a day, five minutes a day, just spending time truly like envisioning and feeling, you know, what we want in our life. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, that was a whole healthy body. And the important part of that is people talk about vision boards and we're going off a little bit, but I think this is so important, but the hugest thing, and again, they're proving this at a neuroscience level is not just visioning it, but you have to feel the emotions attached to it. Hmm. Um, cause so often we're like, well, I'm going to feel joy again when I can dance again. I'm, I'm going to feel happy. You know, I'm going to feel so amazing when this happens, but you've got to try to feel it in that moment when you're envisioning it. Because then it encodes it as a real memory in your brain and your body. Okay. So for people that are like, but I don't know how to do that. So literally it is you laying in bed. And even now as you're recovering from another surgery, which we're going to talk about, it's it's you envisioning yourself dancing, putting a smile on your face, feeling the posture within you. That's literally enough to feel the joy. For me, okay. for, for you have to you have to be so vivid that it's as if you're experiencing it right now, okay. not something in the future, but right now. And what if you were experiencing that right now? What would you be feeling? And it's joy. And sometimes, you know, I'll have tears streaming down my face of pure elation. So whatever whatever that is, whatever your fear is, if it's even with your children. Um, you know, having a hard conversation that, you know, you need to go through, like even envisioning that and, and envisioning it going well, right? So often we envision it going bad, <laughs> yeah. like spend that time envision it going well. And how would you feel? How would your children feel in that moment? Like there's so much power in what we put out. And like I said, the body doesn't know the difference between a real memory and one that we envision with the feeling in place. It encodes it as as a memory within the cells of the nerves. Like we're getting really technical, but it's the power isn't just like this voodoo type thing. It's they're proving it with scans. And so this is such an incredible gift we each have, no matter what we're going through in our life. Like that's the one thing we control is our thoughts, our brains, like what we focus on. Right. Mm. And like I said, if you can just practice this in a positive way instead of envisioning the worst which you know women we we tend to worry more we're just awesome like that (laughs) you know the mom guilt this there's just inherent worry um especially once you become a mother and so I'm like oh my gosh instead of maybe laying in bed at night going through you know all of the worst possible play-by-pays let's try to put this into positive action and it just really does change my favorite time to do it is in the morning before I get out of bed Mm. um sets the tone for the day and then even going to bed at night and it just it over it lays over to how your children like sometimes we don't think but I caught my daughter the other day and she was like she was trying to do something and she was like I I know I can do this I know I can do this it's like I will not give up 
you know, and I just thought, you know, if, if I had framed and not that I don't have my hard days, but they learn through us and there's so much power in just how we live, um, that will transfer over to them knowing, you know, life is hard, but we can not only not give up, but we can go through the process while still choosing joy and, um, like you, you know, you're always hungry for more, but also always being grateful for the moment. Yeah. And I think having that balance is hard, but that's, that's kind of the magic to being able to have joy in our lives, even through the process and not just when it's over. Yeah. Wow. There's so much there. There is so much there, but I think the listener who's feeling limited by their circumstances they're currently in is going to feel so empowered by this tool that you just taught us so beautifully. And even if you're not feeling the highest joys that you normally feel in doing, you know, a typically joyful activity, even if it doesn't start with that intense emotion, even just pricking your finger with that emotion and just diving in just a little bit, a little bit, it will grow the more that you practice. And so whether you're feeling limited physically in your marriage, in your parenting, just your own identity, whatever it is, envisioning it going well, envisioning and eliciting those good emotions, practice will get you there. And that is just like incredible research that you shared. I think that is just a tremendous tool. Wowie. So, okay. So you overcome that really challenging season in your teens. You go back to dance. When did your body then begin to decline again to the point where you knew you're going to need an additional surgery? And we can kind of go quickly through yeah. that first surgery that did not end well for you. Yeah. So actually it was my second surgery. Oh, my okay. first one went great. Um, so, okay. yes, um, so I battled through lots of injuries leading up so you think who can dance just I mean any professional athlete that comes with the territory right mm-hmm. um but then after while we were headlining on Broadway my um right hip started to really bother me um and I performed for 10 months in just excruciating pain we were headlining and it was a dream come true um but then I had to have my first hip surgery after that. Um, and that surgery went very well. It, it, it was hard. It was learning, you know, how to walk again and then dance slowly. But eight months after that, I actually went back to my career. Um, so that was a, an amazing success. And then we, we danced and then I had my daughter and then we continued dancing. And then, um, about when she was, a year old, my left hip started bothering me, um, and it, I just it, the same thing was happening. And so I had that surgery actually yes three years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I know this will air a little later, but yesterday was my three year mark, and wow. that surgery um, changed my whole life. Uh, that launched my not only my hip but my back my spine my shoulder my neck into chronic pain um health issues it was like every week something new popped up um like the surgery flipped a switch in my nervous system and we spent again I was a mystery I've I spent three years um going to everything western eastern natural alternative 150 different types of injections and things I've had um all over and, you know, even referred to the chronic pain clinic. Um, 
and I was told again, you know, I was a chronic pain patient now. The surgery just had, you know, you can't go back and undo a surgery. Um, and it it was such a changed, obviously, my ability. Um, couldn't go on a bike ride or even go down a slide with my daughter. And, uh, you know, children, it, it changed um, my ability to play with her. Um, just like I, I would want to as a mom um, go to the park it just, it changed our whole life. And, um, a lot of research and again, not giving up. And finally, um, was led to one of the, maybe two surgeons in the world who could fix my hip, which had caused this chain reaction throughout my whole body and, um, had this very intense reconstruction of my existing hip, not a replacement. That's why there's about two in the world. Um, and had that almost three months ago. Uh, this has been a whole other level from my other two hip surgeries. I said it could be a two-year recovery. Um, and the rest of my body has to now heal that this is healed. But um, it's a miracle, and we're finally on the right path. But I, I haven't danced in three years again. Um, and that is definitely a goal. But I just want to get back to functioning like a normal human being. Um, and without just horrific pain. Um, so it's, mm. it's been quite the thing. I, I definitely thought I had experienced a yes. <laughs> physical hardship in my life. Um, but I definitely, I've, I've learned more I, through these last three years. And um, obviously now doing it as a, an adult, as a mother, as a wife, uh, with a lot more responsibilities um, has been in fact, harder the last few years than when I was fighting for my life, which is something I never thought I'd say. But, um, you know, I posted videos of just standing on my own two feet and just simply crying um, tears of gratitude for what a miracle it is to, gosh, simply stand and walk. And that's the blessing of, of really great hardship because you just truly learn what a gift things like that are that we take for granted every day yeah. so oh here we are absolutely i uh, you are such a warrior and you know what i'm i've had three kids i'm kind of in a phase where i need to reprioritize myself a little bit more and my own health and movement and everything like that and when i have a hard time getting out of bed in the morning and easily hopping in my car and choosing to go to yoga because i can your face pops in my mind. Yours and another guest I had on, Brittany Fisher-Frank, she was a track star um, and she had a rock climbing accident and is in a wheelchair now. And she's a fantastic yeah. mother. You'll have to check out that episode. Like, rock star if you don't already know her. Totally amazing. But the you and her, the, you're the faces, I think, like, how can I not be anything but grateful? How can I not be anything but grateful and thankful and give myself body, my body credit for serving me in a way that I have flexibility and choice and everything like that. And it's really helped me these past few months to kind of get out of my own way and just like appreciate what I have because you're doing the same exact thing with a lot more limitations. Well, I appreciate that. That is uh, my, my hope. And, and one of my greatest passions, especially for women, because we, um, you know, we're just hard on our bodies. And culturally, there's a lot more pressure. And, you know, I'm so passionate about that women just spend so much of their time and their life, you know, in this 
mental and emotional destructive relationship with their body, you know, and, um, and we're, we're shaped by experiences, of course. And so that's what, what I love. And, and obviously this woman sounds incredibly the same. It's just, you know, teaching women, like, I know our bodies aren't perfect. They never will be. And maybe you don't like how your body looks exactly, but don't go and move it from a place of self-hate. Go from appreciation of, mm. oh my gosh, this healthy body. That doesn't mean we can't work on ourselves, but while loving ourselves and appreciating these strong legs that, you know, support me, this, this body that moves. And when you do that, it's, it's so empowering. And then a healthy life becomes a part of your routine from a, you know, a positive place instead of driven from this negative self image that just, you know, destroys women's joy each day you know, when they have these amazing, beautiful bodies that are supporting them. Um, and that's just one of my greatest passions to use. Obviously, I don't want everybody to have my experience yeah. um, to just, you know, open eyes and, and go, oh, my gosh, you know, I, I, I never thought of it quite like that. Um, yes. And and no matter what else is going on in your life, that can be such an amazing source of joy and appreciation um, cause you realize I'm like this, this woman who's, you know, in a wheelchair, like, gosh, if I have a healthy, capable body really, you know, I can tackle anything else because when you are sick in your bed and you can't move, it doesn't matter what you want to accomplish. Yeah. You know, you, you're, you don't have much say other than again, the thoughts that you think, but there's our greatest gift in life is truly our bodies. Yeah. And it's, and it is tricky for all women. And I'm sure it's been tricky for you to be recovering and, you know, hear your girl outside your bedroom door and want so desperately to go play with her. But no, you can't physically be on the ground with her and rest is your priority right now over active mothering, but you will get there someday. And so how have you, even with all this wisdom, I mean, people probably just think, well, she's the anomaly. Like you're just like the best and you're so much wiser and more capable than us. But I mean, as amazing as, as I think you are, it's within all of us. It's within all of us. So absolutely, how do you deal with that wrestling in, in motherhood? Yeah. Let me be clear. I am, I am not perfect. And let me be clear that God has just given me lots of opportunities to, um, learn and grow. And it started very young and that is why, um, but I am not perfect. But what I have learned is to always, every day is a new day. Um, what I've learned is to be, give yourself grace. Hey everyone, I wanted to thank our second show sponsor and that is Vistaprint. So there's a couple reasons that I like to use business cards. First of all, I'm a podcast host and sometimes I go to conferences and at the last minute, sometimes I need my business cards and I can choose from their dozens and even hundreds of templates that are pre-made for me and it takes all the creativity work out of it for me, which I really like and they cannot be beat. Other reason that's a little more unique that I like business cards is having like a personalized mom card that I can hand out to new moms that I meet, whether it's at school pickup or at the park or whatever. 
I love being able to hand a mom card to somebody saying, hey, here's my information. Let's get together in the future. Our kids really got along, right? It's not your conventional use for business cards, but I love it so much. And my favorite place to get these business cards is Vistaprint. It's super easy to make a business card. You plug in your information on their website. You can use your logo if you have one, or there's hundreds of fresh designs tailored to your type of need. I've been using Vistaprint for years and it could not be any easier. And I love it. It's satisfaction 100% guaranteed or your money back and they'll make it right for you. So Vistaprint wants you to be able to own the now in any situation, which is why our listeners will get free shipping on all business cards, any style, any quantity. Just go to vistaprint.com and enter promo code EMP for free shipping on all business cards, any style, any quantity limited time offer own the now at vistaprint.com promo code emp you support our show when you support our sponsors and i want to thank vistaprint for supporting us and hopefully you'll be able to go check it out and take advantage of that awesome offer let's get back to it with ashley that it is okay to feel sad when you're going through hard things like i'm not about just saying like be positive like life is hard and you need to allow yourself to cry, to scream. I go scream in my car, to be angry. I would throw my stuffed animals when I was sick. But there's a difference between feeling it and dwelling in that. But I think if we don't even allow ourselves to feel it, then it takes us over. And then it's allowing yourself to feel the hard without judging yourself the whole time. Um, which that's really what I it has taken a long time of learning. Um, is to not be so hard on myself if I am having a hard day, but go, this is hard. But by letting myself just get this out and recognize how hard this is, okay, now what can we do to feed positivity and faith? What do we have? What are the things I can do? You know, so I think there's that balance because too often, especially in like the motivational speaking and kind of coaching world, it's like just fear is not real, you know, just shut that down. And it's like, fear is real. Like there are, these are real emotions and that's okay. Cause we're human. What, and that's okay to feel them. It's when we dwell in them. It's when we feed them, it's like, feel it, let it go fuel something better. Right. Cause that's where we just go down the dangerous hole of despair. Mm-hmm. And so I've, and I felt guilty about that crying in front of my daughter, you know, um, letting her see, and she's seen it. She has seen the hard because our children observe it. And so I've tried to tell her, you know, like mommy's having, mommy's sad, you know, mommy's going through some really hard times and sometimes you will too, and you'll feel sad and that's okay. Cause we're going to cry, but then we're going to let it out. And now what can mommy do to feel better right now? You know, and then let's laugh, let's play, let's, let's focus on what we can do because that mom guilt has nearly destroyed me. Um, sometimes, you know, just the amount of hours it's, it's, it's been one of my greatest pains, but, um, what can mommy do? I can lay on this couch and, you know, at least be here for you. I can read this book with you. I can at least teach you that, um, we can still be happy through hard things, you know? So I think it's, it's allowing ourselves to be, have some grace and to not judge ourselves and then feel it and then say, okay, what can we fuel to make this better? What can we now focus on? But I think we're just so hypercritical that, and then our children also learn to be so hard on themselves. Hmm. You know, it, it, 
So I think it's really important for our kids to learn too that like you're going to mess up. Not only are you going to mess up, but also hard things will come into your life. And that's okay to feel sad sometimes or angry or upset. So let's, let's feel it. Let's talk about, let's let it go. And now let's focus on what we can do and let's, how can we fuel, you know, feeling hope, you know, instead of despair. Cause we can sit there all day and think of all the things that are wrong and can go wrong. But after we cry, after we get that out, what can we, what can we think about to fuel hope, you know, and positivity And even though I haven't been able to physically show up for my daughter like I've wanted to for three years, and she doesn't actually remember me that way because she was two, um, which has been, I think, okay, um, you know, everything is a time and a season, and I've taught her other things, you know, she's learned other ways. And I think maybe that's one of the most important lessons is when we're in it, it feels final it feels forever and it's it's understanding everything is temporary so what can we learn through this so that when it's over we didn't waste that trial I mean I hate that word but you know we're we're so anxious for it to be over and I get that um but what can we do in this moment so that when it's over I've truly grown through it instead of just gone through it you know Um, so that's okay but I want everyone to know and I've tried to really be transparent with my social media is you know like the hard days and it's okay and the tears and the frustrations and even as strong as I am after everything I've gone through in my life you know I like yesterday even I had to I was feeling fear because I was having these old pains go through and, and healing from this type of surgery is just, it's hard. It's not, it's not a one linear line, right? It's up and down. And during those moments of, Oh my gosh, is this ever going to end? I have to sit down and think, okay, what, how can I feed my faith and remind myself that this is temporary, you know? So it's, it's, and it's one day at a time. And that's what I always tell people. It's like, it's, it's one day, it's one minute, it's one moment. Um, you, we always want to go from A to Z and sometimes we just need to go to A to B, you know, what, mm-hmm. what can I do right now? And so it's just, it's like a new daily effort. And like I always say, a sunrise is a reminder. It's, you know, a new day, another chance to start again. And it, it that's just, you have to do it that way. It's, it's not perfect. Believe me. I <laughs> it's, and it never will be. Um, and so you just, you just keep trying again, mm-hmm. you know, and keep going. I hope you're writing a book. Please tell me at the end of this you're writing a book. (laughs) This is too good. This is too good. Oh, okay, good. We're going to talk about it in a sec, but I did want to just comment as you're saying that I think a lot of moms, myself included, we beat ourselves up over what we're not doing for our kids or what we're not showing them or what we're messing up on or things like that. And while for you, you may wish with all your heart you could provide modeling a healthy, active mom for your daughter and you wish you could do those things, you're providing plenty of other things. And for the listener that's wrestling with whatever they're wrestling with, you're providing exactly what your kids need. And what a gift that your daughter gets to see you go through these hard things with grace and perspective and positivity and hope. Like think of what she's going to become by seeing this. Does she have to have a mom that can, you know, run alongside her bike in order to, to learn these lessons? No. But these are the lessons that, that make or break people. 
outlook is what makes or breaks people. Not if a mom is in a wheelchair. Not if a mom is in chronic pain. Not if a mom is struggling in her marriage. Whatever it is. Whatever you're struggling with. Think about what you are providing and think about what you can control and model that for them and think that's enough. Like that's all I can do and that is – that's always going to be enough. Okay, so tell me about your book. Tell me – what do you want to tell the people? Coming. Okay. Um, that is on the uh, the horizon, and I have a few, and I'm I'm trying to decide um, what's going to come first because okay. I have a few different things. Um, but I yeah, but I, what I will tell you is that I, I it's not going to be an auto like biography. What is very important to me and going through um, all the things I have in my life. What I found was a lot of books that were amazing. I had to like read this whole book to find all the wisdom. And I just want it to be like, okay, this is what I need today. This, oh, this chapter, this is what I need today. You know, where it's just readily there to serve you in that moment without feeling like you've got to read 200 pages to find the wisdom. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's super important to me. Um, Until that comes out, you know, I'm launching, um, and this is going back to our bodies, and it should be launched by the time this airs, but if not, um, you can still log in. So I created a, a fitness program that's called the New Thin because it was all about the new thin women being strong and fit and healthy, and you know, driving being healthy from a place of self love and not self hate. Um, so that's why it was called the New Thin. Um, and with that, a lot I talked about food and our relationship with food. And so I'm actually launching this new course because I wanted to go further into it. That's called the Food Freedom Revolution. Because what I found is, you know, we're stuck on diets, but it's a lot more than just discipline. Like it's hard to meet a person who doesn't have some type of emotional relationship with food, right? Mm-hmm. It's a huge part of our life. We have to eat it every day. Um, and again, women are wasting a lot of this emotional energy, um, with food. And so I wanted to develop this course to help women really free themselves from food and get this healthy, sustainable relationship where you're free from diets and you're not doing the cyclical diets that just keep you a slave to thinking about it all the time. Um, and working through the emotions that we're looking for to be fulfilled, the stress, whatever it is that food provides. And it's so passionate for me because whether it's just most women or whether it's you need to feel better mentally or emotionally, food is so powerful for your physical health, your mental health, your emotional health. But it becomes, again, this thing from self-love. And I wanted to to be able to dive further into it for women. And honestly, for a limited time when I launch it, this $400 course I'm going to offer for $10 because um, (laughs) I just want women to literally free themselves from this because I – have worked with hundreds of women and I've just seen that as being a dominant oppressor in their life, you know, and it's life is so priceless and food can be this wonderful, beautiful, empowering thing, um, that feeds this self love and self care and your health. And, um, and then of course, then exercise and that comes into it. But I'm, I'm really excited about this because I just don't feel like it's out there enough. It's like, here's the new diet and this is the new trend and, and do this. But, and then self-care has kind of gone too far where it's like, 
you don't need to take care of yourself. Just love yourself. Where I'm like, if you love yourself and your body, you take care of it, mm. right? Cause you recognize your body makes your life possible. Um, so that's going to be the food revolution, uh, foodfreedomrevolution.com. I'm really excited about that. Um, to just help women truly learn to free themselves, um, oh. from this hatred with food in their body and, and have just freedom, food, freedom and body freedom, which enjoy through the process and appreciation for their amazing bodies. Yeah. So. Yeah. I love the point you made. Like you can love your body exactly where it is and also love yourself enough to take care of your body and, and however that yes. looks. And, and it doesn't need to be tied to a certain size or, or weight or physical outcome. But when you're doing your best, I know when I know that I did my best during the day in all areas of my life, that's when I feel great. Right. Not just when I like, accept it is what it is. You know? I just kind of like yeah. throw on the towel. Right. You would never heal. You would never get back to dancing if you said, well, it is what it is. Right. You believe in something right. better. Yeah. Well, Hello. that's what people have, have said to me, you know, how have you, cause obviously I've been pretty inactive for three years. Yeah. Um, I haven't sweat and I haven't danced in three years. My exercise workouts been very basic and, um, you know, so people are like, Oh, do you diet? And I'm like, no, I don't diet. I don't believe in dieting. What I believe in is fueling my body with food that will help me heal. Mm. And that's so empowering because that's also something I can do. You know, yeah. when it's like, okay, how, what can I do? Okay. I can give my body tools to help it heal. And yeah. that's not a restriction. That's more freedom because yes. it's, it's control in my life. Um, that, that I am able to do even when I can't do a lot of other things. Yeah. Um, and so that, that's very empowering. And my daughter, I want her to find that balance too. Like we, you know, we, we eat all foods, but we learn, Oh my gosh, we get kind of sick when we feel that it's just, it's shifting the framework because how we talk about food in our bodies is also how our kids mm -hmm. and it reflects on our boys too. And, um, cause I've worked with boys too. People think it's just women, but it happens with, with boys too, obviously women more, but it's how we talk about our bodies and our health and it, our, our love for taking care of our, our kids learn that too. Very and early, earlier than we think. Mm -hmm. Yes. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Yeah. They are sponges. It's, yeah. it's kind of scary. <laughs> it totally is. But again, we have to give ourselves grace, yeah. you know, and you just, you just try your best um, yeah. a little more every day when we can and learn through the process. Yeah. And I love but, that you're providing yeah. resources to help us do that. I think that is so fantastic. I have no doubt after this interview and learning about you and your story, people are going to A, go look up all the past footage for So You Think You Can Dance. I hope it's on YouTube. I'm sure it is. Um, yeah. And they're going to want to check out all these resources, which we're for sure going to link over at ExtraordinaryMomsPodcast.com. And where else can people find you online, Ashley? Yes, I've just Instagram, Ashley DeLello. Yeah. Great. Um, and I will, I post everything through there. So my name's spelled a little funky, but I'm sure you'll, <laughs> you'll link it uh, with your podcast. But I yeah, will. Just Instagram, Ashley DeLello. And um, I love connecting with people there and just who are in the trenches or not in the trenches. And just that we're all trying to do the best we can in this life yeah. and stumbling and getting back up. And keeping your eye on the journey. 
You're doing yeah. it. You're doing it. Ashley, I always ask my guests one final question. It's the mission of this whole podcast. I don't have perfect moms on the show. Can't find any. I'm not one of them either. Yeah. But extraordinary moms are people that are doing their very, very best to be their best, to model healthy, joyful attitudes for their kids. And I think there's things within all of us, kind of like we talked about at the beginning of this interview, there's things within in us that make us unique and special and the passions that we have are not given to us by accident. And when we can really acknowledge those things that make us who we uniquely are and acknowledge how special and irreplaceable we are, when we see that value, when we teach that to our kids too, that's what makes us extraordinary. And so I want to know for you, Ashley, what is something that makes you extraordinary? I would say that uh, no matter the hardships, um, I've never lost my passion and love for life, even when all of my passions <laughs> were taken from me um, and over and over again. And uh, But I've never lost my just deep love and appreciation for this gift of life. And if you can keep that, it changes how you look at everything else in your life because you're still here. No matter what, if you're still here, then there's a chance for a new day and something more. So, Yeah, there's a big purpose. Oh, Ashley, this is too good. You are such a warrior. Seeing you up and walking and moving and do the, doing the little things every day, they're going to result in a big positive, miraculous healing for you. I'm here for it. I'm following along. I'm cheering you on. I'm praying for you and your family and your sweet daughter. Thank you. Thanks for sharing today. And thank you for what you're sharing online too. You are truly amazing. I cannot wait to see you dance again. Thank you, Jessica. Thank you for having me and, and for what you're doing for, for moms, all moms out there. It's the toughest job, most rewarding, amazing on earth. And we just need to all love and support each we other. We really do. We all need to hug each other <laughs> right big hug through here sending it out to you and all other moms so thank you as well for for what you do my pleasure have a great day you too you know when you just need to be reminded of how fortunate you are and how lucky you are to walk to the mailbox with ease or to hop in and out of the car easily or just go get your child a drink of water these are the things that a lot of us take for granted every day. And seeing someone like Ashley working so hard to recover from this surgery and to come back from the chronic pain she's experienced for years and years and striving to be the mother that she always thought she would and could be, it is inspiring. And like I said, I am here for all of it. I am here to cheer her on and I am here testifying to all of you that I I'm going to be more grateful today for what I am able to do in my own body and what my body does for me. And if you're in a place where you're struggling with your body or maybe you're in pain or, you know, maybe there's limitations on what you can do because of circumstances, I just really challenge you to think about Ashley's words today and believe that anything is possible and also there can be joy today. So everything that we talked about today, everywhere you can follow Ashley online. It's all linked over on my website, extraordinarymomspodcast.com.
If you don't already follow me on Instagram, I would love that if you followed me at Jessica Dahlquist3. I'm on Facebook at Extraordinary Moms Podcast. And I want to thank you so much for being here today. Ashley could use all the support and love and prayers and encouragement that you can muster. Would you share the show? Will you tag me, tag Ashley, take a screenshot of the episode, tell your friends why you love the Extraordinary Moms podcast and particularly this episode with Ashley. Tell us what you learned about it and leave Ashley some love on the post because it really is such an encouragement to her as she is going through so much in her life right now. So thanks Ashley for coming on the show. It was such a pleasure to talk to you and I can't wait to see what is in store for you and I'm so excited for all of it. So thanks for tuning in today everybody. We will see you next week for another episode with another Extraordinary Mom. Bye.